Hi, dear listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of Immigrant Duo. I'm Nicole from the U.S. I'm Kim from South Korea. We've been married for nearly seven years and lived together in South Korea until last November. Today we'll be talking about how we ended up moving to Berlin, Germany. But first, we've decided to start a little segment we'd like to call Unhappy Hour, where we try a new beer from our local Spedi, give it a rating, then talk about something we don't love about Germany at the moment. Key and I aren't really very picky about the sort of things that we buy from the grocery store, and that includes alcohol. We usually buy whatever's cheapest, right? Mm-hmm. What's the brand we usually buy? Berliner Kindle? I don't think it's Berliner Kindle. I think it's another Berliner with the bear on it? No. There's several different sorts of Berliner beers, but today we're actually drinking, what was it? <laughs> Berliner Kindle. <laughs> yeah, Berliner Kindle with the, the white can with silver framing being produced since the 1800s. Yeah. I think it costs about 90 cents in Euro. And pretty common in Berlin, I think. Yeah, it's probably the most common. I feel like I see it the most. Yeah. So, Ki, what do you think of this beer? Actually, it's good. It's way better than Korean beer. And I can tell, like, this is, like, the legit beer. Legit, yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever you are thinking about beer, and beer is supposed to taste like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a typical Pilsner. There's nothing like... when I drink it, there's nothing like, super special about it. But it's it's not like super flavory, but also has a very how can I say the barley flavor is like dominant, and also it doesn't have any other herbs or fruity or flower flavor in it. So it's very very classic. Yeah, classic is the best. In Germany, in general, there's that law where they can only have like up to four or five ingredients in legit beer. Like you can't call it beer unless there's less than five or so ingredients. Mm. Which is why a lot of things like Rattler, the lemony one, probably is not actually called beer on the front because it has more than five ingredients. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. But here, it's very strict laws about Mm -hmm. what's legitimate beer. But it's all relatively cheap, especially if you're buying from the state you live in. Mm -hmm. The local stuff is like less than a euro. Beer is cheaper than water. Yeah, it actually literally is. Like if you buy a bottle of water from the store, it will cost you more money than a bottle of beer. (laughs) Cheaper. (laughs) Yep, which is interesting. So what kind of rating, 1 out of 10, what rating would you give it? The Berliner Kindle that I had, I want to give 8. It was pretty good, pretty classic. I think it's like matching with every kind of food. Also, it's good to drink by itself. Yeah. So 8. 8 out of 10. Yeah. Now it's your turn. What about you? For me, I think that it's the typical Pilsner, like I said earlier, and it's kind of just that has that bitter aftertaste. But it's very light. It's not super heavy. It's not like a dark beer or whatever that's very, very bitter. It's probably, Pilsners are probably one of my favorite beers in general because, like you said, they do go with a lot of things. Like today, mm-hmm. we had what I call adult Lunchables. It was literally just like Ritz crackers and some sliced cheese, Swiss cheese, and then like some spicy salami. We had that on the little cracker sandwiches with a beer is what I call adult Lunchables, mm-hmm. which you don't get that reference, do you? Because you're not from America. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Lunchables is like, it's like a little container for kids. Yeah. Um, it's literally a prepackaged container and it usually has like little crackers, little sliced bits of cheese, little like round meats. And so you bring it for lunch if you're so at lunchbox. school. Yeah, it's like an American lunchbox. It's very basic stuff. That's why I said it's like the very standard kind of food. So yeah, and then you just like make the little cracker sandwiches. And there's different types of Lunchables. There's like a pizza, a little mini pizza one. Basically you have cheese, meat, 
some kind of cracker-ish thing. Good to know. <laughs> I can take it for my company. Yeah, it's. I feel like as an adult, I just don't feel like cooking. So having something simple like crackers with mm -hmm. some meat and cheese is like my favorite. It's like my go-to. What, what's the other thing we've been eating recently that I showed you? The salami cheese pickle. Yeah, salami cheese with like a, I think it's like a bread and butter pickle in, in English is what we call it. Very good. But that one is very good. I love it. Yeah. It's really like the probably the best snack ever. Yeah. All right. So, what pissed you off about Germany? A fucking train. I hate train. What about the train? The train system, the transportation system is very very common and it has a very good intra infrastructure. Yeah. But I don't think it's working smoothly and very well. How like can you give an example that happened like this week or this past They were week? Always late and always construction. And always canceling, always striking. So, like, what's the point of having a good infrastructure of train system? It doesn't work. I laugh in American because we just don't have pretty much any public transportation infrastructure. You're basically just, you have to have a car. And unless you live in a city, but even the city's infrastructure is pretty bad compared to, like, Asia and Europe. Yeah, but, like, in Korea, I used to drive car all the time. Yeah. In Korea, also have good public transportation infrastructure. But I prefer taking a car. Well, you would fit right in in the Midwest U.S. Yeah, I love from. it. <laughs> I mean, like having a car is not only benefits like convenience. It's also like while you're driving, you are in your own space. And like you can think about like you can process all your own stuff. And also like the music and AC. It's like you're another private room that you can drive. Yeah, I do miss that about cars. It's about the only thing I miss about cars. I really miss when I used to go to work in the morning when I lived in the U.S. I would just make like an iced coffee and I would take that in my car and just every single day I had the same thing. And I would listen to music and I would just sing my heart out mm -hmm. because I was alone. Yeah, that's... And you can bring like an extra sweater or an extra pair of shoes yeah. or like your lunch. And it's way easy because you can just like throw it on the seat next yeah, to you. That's a lot helpful. Yeah, but then I was thinking, you know, if I was going to have to take the public transportation like in korea i never ever brought anything with me i brought as little as possible because it's so annoying to carry all that stuff like uh -huh. i wouldn't have a coffee in a, in my hand i wouldn't have like an extra sweater an extra pair of shoes because it's so annoying to carry around yeah at the same time though i mean but it's expensive it's expensive yeah cars are so expensive whether you're leasing it or whatever and the, yeah. the insurance and the gas and depending on where you're going to finding parking can be really expensive uh-huh Or impossible. Electric car can be a alternative. At least we don't have to worry about the gas. Yeah. What's the longest that you had to wait for a train here? Two hours. Was that coming from work or going to work? Going to work. <gasps> okay, so we live like downtown Berlin practically, like in one of the busiest hubs near one of the most very frequented stations with lots of different trains coming through. So the fact that you had to wait two hours for mm. a... Are you on? And like I'm checking the train timetable on the DB app or the sign in the mm -hmm. platform and he said it's coming but never showing up sounds like a man on a different platform like i was checking out and i was checking asking everybody like around me like is everyone supposed to come here and they are all waiting for everyone and it didn't show up everyone is like regular some kind of training train doesn't stop every single station but it stops at like a main station yeah. yeah specifically a train for people to get to work yeah so the fact that you had to wait two hours in one of the main stations yeah. and it never showed up they didn't say any reason why it didn't yeah. show up and you're just stuck there did you get in trouble at work or anything i'm not the only one who late so like everyone <laughs> at work was late that day yeah so i was like it's acceptable because they understand what train system here right our train is not coming it's not showing up we're going we're going to be late and they say of course train kaput <laughs>
I'm late too. I'm late too. I'm late too. Everybody. <laughs> and I'm I'm really surprised. Like people, German people around here, train is not coming or being late. They are so chill about it. They got used to it, or they just gave up. Like of course it would work like that. They don't care anymore, right? Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. There's really nothing a normal average person could do. Well, I like their mindset. I feel like it's very German because everything is so slow here. Bureaucracy is so slow. Why can't you say the word? Bureaucracy is so slow. You have to wait for actual letters in the mail to get like official documentation for every tiny little thing. You have to just accept it because you can't do anything about it. How about like compared to Korea? How was the mindset for public transportation? If they are late, people get pissed. But they were like never late. I think yeah, when I lived when I lived in South Korea, buses were never late. The subways never late. Everything came like every seven minutes. Some buses were like every twenty minutes. I think long distance, like from city to city. If I wanted to go from like Suwon to Seoul, maybe twenty minutes. It was always really fast. Of course, you have to hold on for dear life, especially on the buses because they drive like crazy because they have to stick to their schedule. So completely opposite to Germany mm-hmm. with public transportation, where it's just like, ah, eh, we'll get there when we get there. We're broken down. We're not going to let anyone know why. They just have to wait. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> I can tell because your face is just like, ah. Germany is wasting all my time. <laughs> did I did I talk about the beer? Did I give it a rating? I would give it the beer a solid seven out of ten because it's not anything special. Like I feel like the most common beer tends to be pilsner, and that's what I tend to go for because it's like a solid bitter. So a solid seven out of ten. And what pissed you off in Germany? This week, what's pissing me off is the fact that I can't get therapy because there's a two year waiting list since mm-hmm. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm not working at the moment. But you are paying 300 euros per month into the health insurance system. Plus, your work is paying 300 euros per month into the health insurance system. So really, that's like 600 euros a month, which is a lot of money. But like the mental health, like it it is covered by insurance. But because of the bureaucracy of becoming a public therapist is so difficult, a lot of therapists aren't even able to do it. So they go to like private insurance. Not everyone can afford it. And so it just kind of sucks. What's the point of having an insurance that we cannot use? So it, it is good if you're dying or about to die. The medical establishment here is good for very serious things, but like mental health isn't taken as seriously. They don't have the right bureaucratic measures in place to make sure that people that aren't dying but need help are taken care of. And I think this is the same in every country, more or less, in different ways. Like the U.S. is certainly similar to this in some ways. But it's just like, why am I paying so much money into something where I I have to like literally be in danger to get Uh actual help immediately? Or I have to wait two years. That's what's pissing me off this week. Two years is crazy. All right, so now I think it's time to move on to our immigrant origin stories. Let's start with how Nicole ended up immigrating to South Korea. Was that seven years ago now? Uh, yeah, it was. I can't believe it's been that long. Growing up, my whole life, basically, I've always wanted to travel overseas. And as I became older, I realized that the only way to really travel overseas when you're poor is to get a bachelor's degree and then teach English in countries that need English teachers. That was my goal. I just wanted to travel all over the place. But I always wanted to do it like long term because I actually don't really enjoy traveling. Traveling somewhere short term, to me, is just very stressful mm-hmm. and it costs a lot of money. And then you feel like you need to do all this stuff in just like a few days or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I wanted to travel around the world by like moving somewhere for a year or two and working there for a couple of years and then moving on to another country. South Korea was going to be my first place that I was going to move to after I got my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I ended up moving before I had finished my bachelor's degree. I ended up staying in South Korea. Key and I got married. So like my plans kind of went backwards. It really was not what I intended. Similar to what I wanted, but everything turned out differently. 
Basically, I wanted to move to Korea, and so I did. But it ended up being longer than one or two years. It was actually seven years because I ended up getting married. So yeah, that, that's kind of how I ended up in South Korea. So yeah, we're married for about three years. And then we started working on getting Key's green card in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to the U.S. to continue working towards my bachelor's degree. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so I was just like, uh, nope, can't deal with all this. It was already hard enough being in a long distance marriage for mm-hmm. that long. And then the pandemic hit and I was just like, absolutely not. I cannot handle this. So I pretty much like dropped out of school again and went back to, to Korea. Korea. And then we were there for like three more years three after that. Three or two more years? I think it was three years because the whole pandemic has been going on for over three years now. Oh. So what exactly happened with you at your work in Korea so I was working in satellite communication company. I was a like field engineer or field technician. I actually went to the where the satellite antenna is installed, and I'm calibrating the antenna. Also, like I was super afraid of water. But normally the antennas are installing like on the big vessel. So like I have to go on the vessel and install. And the vessel is floating on the middle of the sea. And I hate it. Like your worst nightmare every single day at work. Yeah, no, no way. And also I have uh, acrophobia. Also the antenna is normally installing like super, super high. So you had to be high up on a giant boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that is is the worst condition for me. And they didn't even pay you well. Yeah, you were true. making like poverty level wages back then. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, it was insane. I was trying to find another job, and the headhunter contacted me. They offered me like we have some open position in this company, and are you interested in? I was like, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I signed the contract, and we moved up to Pankyo. That's how we moved up. That was also like field engineer, so we are providing some automated systems, yeah, and like quality control system, something like that. From all that, how did you end up moving to Germany? Luckily, when I started to work, the battery industry got boomed a lot. The secondary lithium-ion battery. I was very, very lucky. So you got into a niche part of the industry just by coincidence, but it actually worked out for you. I was working like almost five years in battery industry and I was young and I could speak English. So one of my customers, like a few months later, they contacted me. They want to hire me. I went through the interview process and that's how I ended up here. And the interview process, it was like seven months process. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I couldn't remember when they started. Do you remember what month it was? I think it was... Was it like the beginning of 2022? 2022, end of the March or something. Wow. And I, I started here November 1st. I remember that whole process. That was just such a long time. Yeah. And how many interviews I got through. You had like, what, six, seven interviews? I think like 10 or 11. Really? Yeah. Guess it was worth it, though. You made it through. Basically, you started the process of interviewing for a German company in March of 2022. You ended up finally getting your visa and everything in order to move to Germany Mm -hmm. to start working November 1st. Yeah. And then, how long did it take you to get your residency permit card in the mail? Like two weeks ago, right? Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, we both got a residency uh, permit cards in the mail, which is like your ID card, about two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. it literally has taken since we've been May. here. We got in May and we started in November. So another six months. Yeah, another six months. So the whole entire process mm-hmm. to become official immigrants of a country took over a year. Mm-hmm. German. Yeah. And so when you talk about slow German bureaucracy, it's everywhere. It's even in companies that are trying to hire employees. 
Of course, I think just moving to a foreign country can take a lot of extra time in general. When we were applying for your U.S. visa, the whole process just for the approval to apply for a U.S. visa took a year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of money and a huge stack of paperwork. And um, we were already married by then. So like we had to prove that we were actually married. And it was definitely really complicated. But like in Korea, it wasn't quite so complicated, was it? For me to become a resident. It was relatively quick for all the paperwork mm-hmm. to go through. For me to get my residence card, to get an appointment at the immigration office. But here it took us, what, four months to get an appointment at the immigration office? Yeah. And that was fast. That's actually fast just because of the relocation company that your work contracted. Out. They were really helpful, yeah. actually. Honestly, they made our move compared to a lot of immigrants here much more smooth. So I'm really thankful for that because yeah. like everything was so much easier True. that way. But it was still stressful. Mm-hmm. Another thing at the moment, we are living in a short-term apartment because of another issue with living in Berlin specifically the lack of housing. There's just not enough housing for people that are trying to live here just because there's probably a lot more immigrants moving here recently and there's just not enough houses and apartments being built. There's also a lot of green space, which is a good thing because every single neighborhood has a lot of different green space. Yeah, park is everywhere. Yeah, like you don't have to travel very far to find some kind of grass and benches and playgrounds everywhere. Oh my gosh, there's so many playgrounds everywhere. Ping pong tables, random Mm. ping pong tables. Mm -hmm. And also like there's a playground has a fence. So like parents actually don't have to worry about the kids are like going out of the playground and kidnapped or get hit by car or something like that. Yeah. Very, very practical. Also, the German working culture. We were just like, complaining about the Germany, but there's also like a lot of good things here. I know we've been complaining about Berlin a lot, um, in Germany specifically, but there are a lot of good things about living here, which is why we're hoping and considering staying here long term. So uh, we're going to move on to a segment that's called Something Missing, Something New. Mm-hmm. And during this segment, we'll each share something we miss from our own country's culture, and then also something new that we really love about Germany. Mm-hmm. So do you want to start? What's yeah. something that you miss from your own country? Well, besides my family or friend. Besides them? Yeah. Or you want to pick that as your thing? No, it's besides because I'm in a, I mean, out of Korea, out of my country. So that is normal. Yeah. But besides that, I miss, you know, the Korean food or the infrastructure. It has a good infrastructure of transportation or anything else. And also, like, very efficiency. Like, we don't waste time. And it was relatively cheap, too. Yeah, and cheap. Like, taking the bullet train cost, I think, in first class, bullet train from Busan to Seoul, which is basically all the way south to all the way north in South Korea. Maybe 50 euro. It was 80 euro. No, euro is oh, seven. I mean, not 80 euro. It was 80,000 won, which yeah, is maybe, yeah. what, 60 yeah. euro, you yeah. said? 80 or 60. Yeah, but besides that, I don't know. I mean, you only have to pick one thing. Like, what is it about that you miss? Just the efficiency and the cheap price. And food. And I miss Korean language, I guess. I miss food most of the time. Out of everything, you miss food the most. Yeah. What specific food do you miss the most? Everything. Sometimes, you know, it depends on my mood. Like, sometimes I want to have kimchi jjigae. Sometimes I just want to have tteokbokki. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to have the samgyeopsal with soju. Oh, yeah. And, well, I miss most of the time... Like when I go to restaurant, I miss side dishes. There's no side dishes here. You have to pay like 4.5 euro for a small bowl of kimchi, whereas in Korea, the kimchi was free with your meal. Unlimited. Yeah. 
And here it's like, you have to pay 4.5 euro just for a tiny little bowl of kimchi. And it's just cabbage. It's just yeah. pickled cabbage. No way. <laughs> yeah, I also miss Korean food a lot because I lived there for a long time and we ate a mm -hmm. lot of Korean food. But there mm -hmm. is like that Samgyeopsal place that you didn't end up choosing. They had Samgyeopsal and Soju. Yeah, but that time, I didn't feel like to have Samgyeopsal and Soju. I wanted to have some stew that time. You are a big soup and stew guy, aren't you? Yeah. It's very Korean of you. Although I think a lot of people like soup. Soup is so I do not. I like like a tiny little bit of soup and then I'm just like, I'm good. No, I want tiny little bit of rice and I want big bowl of soup. I gotta say, rice with a big bowl of dojugukbap. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss dojugukbap. Is like something I always miss constantly. Mm -hmm. Damn. bop is um, sliced pork soup, basically. Yeah. Pork broth with pieces of pork in a very boiling hot soup. Mm -hmm. With Dr. Doc, not Dr. Pepper. Dr. Black pepper. <laughs> <laughs> with, <laughs> with black pepper and salt and spring onions. Plus with the with the radish kimchi on the side, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the best. Damn it, I miss it. So what's something that you love about Germany? Something new you love about Germany? It's totally different than Korea. The green place is everywhere. And also, compared to Korea, the working culture are a lot different. I actually have a time to come back home and having a dinner here. Yeah, you are home for dinner almost every night. Whereas yeah. in Korea, he was home for dinner almost never. Maybe yeah. once, maybe twice possibly three times a week but that was a lot because you're always working overtime over overtime mm -hmm. and you also get a lot more time to rest that's true so that thing is i really appreciate living in germany and it's mandated by law like there's a lot of unions and yeah. so like you can't they can't just exploit you yep. as a legal worker yeah workers are protected by law here a lot mm -hmm. but also it's blocking a lot though but still the minimum human rights are protected by law. Definitely. Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm smiling. Okay. Why? I'm sorry. I'm not smiling anymore. Yeah. Better now. <laughs> How about you? Something I've been thinking about missing pretty much always, even when I lived in Korea, that I didn't really appreciate while I lived in the U.S. was American diners. It's a very specific thing, and I really miss it because if you eat brunch at a restaurant here or in korea it's not the same it's like really bougie brunch is bougie mm -hmm. but like diners are like working class american style restaurants like sit down restaurants mm -hmm. and, and they're like in featured in every like i watch so much american tv and movies mm -hmm. and almost every single american tv show will have at least one diner i kind of took it for granted and i didn't wasn't obsessed with diners until i realized that they're like not a part of my life just greasy diner food at all hours of the day and or you could go there for like a slice of pie you can do that here with cake and stuff but it's not the same and then the endless cups of coffee like i just you know like i want to drink like six cups of coffee for the price of one coffee you know mm -hmm. like so i miss american diner food and not a specific diner really but like just the vibe and the the cultural part of it and the and the booths i miss booths there aren't any booths here very often there sometimes is but what do you like about germany what do I like about Germany specifically? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I actually don't know. You're anti-Germany. No, I feel so like you. American. I feel like you picked all the things I would have picked. Like the green spaces are a big one. You know what I like? Being safe. <laughs> but it's no, no, safe no, no. in Korea as well. No, no, no. Not as a white woman. Oh. I mean, it is somewhat safe compared to the U.S. Like I'm not going to get shot. But like as a white woman who stood out in Korea and was stalked and creeped on by many Korean men just for existing. Here, I'm white, and so I blend in, 
And so, like, I haven't had anyone, like, stalk me or stare at me or, like, be creepy towards me because they're not, like, singling me out as the only white woman. And, like, this is the same in the U.S. where, like, men in general are just creepy towards women mm-hmm. more often, more freely, especially if you're walking alone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't really walk alone that much here, but in general, like, I know I'm not going to get shot. I know it's very unlikely that somebody's going to follow me because they're not going to single me out in a crowd mm-hmm. of people. And so I blend in. And that's like a big safety. The safety factor for me is really important. Really like a relief. It's just a relief to like blend in and not be creeped on and picked out and have all these gross stereotypes or whatever. And also not be shot like in the U.S. Like if you walk into the bad part of town accidentally, that kind of thing. So that's probably the biggest thing that I really like about Germany is blending in and feeling more safe. Mm. But also like, you know, long term thing. A few weeks ago, like we were talking about If you want to settle down, then I think Germany is the best country for us to settle down. I feel like it's balanced. Like, obviously, as an Asian person, you do experience racism, which is another topic we'll talk about in a future episode. In general, like, you you do still kind of blend in more than I did in South Korea. Like, especially where we lived. We always lived somewhere where I was the only white person. So I definitely stood out a lot more in Korea. And so that made a more danger factor. Mm -hmm. And so while I think you generally blend in more here than I did in Korea... So you think that living here long-term is something good because... When I get older, I can tell I'll be protected by or I'll be supported by German government. Because of the pension system? Yeah. Pension I've, I've heard it's not that good. It's not that good? Yeah, not as good as it used to be. But because of your work, you also... Do you have a pension through your work as well? Yeah. Okay, then that might help too. I don't know. What else? That's it. <laughs> the only reason is because you get like a somewhat decent pension. I mean, that's that's I mean, legit. That's in the twenty first century, there aren't there aren't a whole lot of good pensions going on. But it's better than Korean pensions because Korea does no. have a pension. Korea has pension, but it's not working. I mean, it's like there's a lot of concerns in Korean pension because the pension, the money managers are doing stupid shit, so they lost a lot of money. It actually should be illegal, but they are not doing anything about it they don't punish it's not the same in in the u.s and germany from what i've heard i don't know but korea is stupid and more likely pension system has to work based on the younger generation so when i am about to get pension money there will be no younger generation so there will be no supporting people it's the same thing in germany though germany is way better than korea the korea is the worst and germany is taking a lot of immigrants which is smart move. So you think there'll be more balanced um, population-wise to be able to yeah. maintain the pension system? Yeah. The population is everything about the power of the government. Honestly, like, that's a good thing. But for me, I'm really not comfortable with, like, trusting the government to make sure that I'm okay when I'm old. I mean, they have to. Government is also like a kingdom. Like, they want to keep their the bureaucracy or they want to, if they want to keep their power, then they have to feed us. Like, they are taking, like, in charge. Hey, people, I'll be the government, and I will make you all wealthy. It's their thing. Like, how can I say? Like It's, it's what socialism is supposed to be, but it's not. Yeah. But if they don't do, then what's going to happen? A lot of happen. History says there will be a coup. There will be another government will be popped up. There will be anarchism will be popular yeah but that's already happening now all the time there's constant yeah but it's it never been an issue severe issue not like france if they want to break down the system they can but after that what can they make a new system without the support of the people no 
I guess that's true. But I just don't, in our lifetime, I don't know if everything will be okay all the way till we're old. Yeah, but I think the, right now the current system is working because it has been working for many, many years. That's what it's they would say in the U.S., though, and it clearly is not working for many people. I, mean, I don't know about America, <laughs> okay. but at least Germany is working. They have a clear vision and they have to show up, and I am convinced at least. Okay. I think because of the type of job that you have, you probably will be okay. Like my dad, because he's worked in the automobile industry with unions mm-hmm. and stuff, he will probably be okay in retirement. And so I can see that, I guess. I don't know about economics enough to be able to truly pipe in with my opinion of that. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's the end of our episode. Now that we have unearthed our origin stories, next week we plan on talking about what it's like living in a third country as an international couple. Since I'm from the U.S. and Kia is from South Korea and we're now in Germany, things are kind of more even now. And so I think next week we're going to talk about that more in the next episode. So in the meantime, thank you for joining us, our husband and wife duo. And our cat Bobo. As we try to make sense of the world living in a culture that's not our own. That's a wrap. Bobo, you got something to say? Bye, guys. Bye. Meow.